The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hello and welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, internal audit. Mm, Let's get started. The role of internal audit is changing. Why? Because it has to. Let me give you the top three most compelling reasons. Number one, stakeholders are challenging internal audit to up its game. That's a big challenge. Number two, Boards are demanding, demanding better assurance. And number three, management expects and needs clearer insight. So the question of the day is how and how fast can technology and automation help the internal audit function meet all of these demands? And ultimately, here's the big one, shift its role from what we know as compliance police to something much better, which is a valued strategic advisor to the business. I have a panel of three experts going to share their insights, their knowledge, their expertise, and enlighten all of us. Let's get started. My experts will be speaking. First up on the panel is Malti Globig, who is the head of internal audit. That's why he's here at the Flint Group. Malti sent me the following quote from Mark Twain. Listen up. This is important. Get your facts first. Then you can distort them as you please. Malti Globig, welcome. How are you today? Lovely to have you. So talk to me. This is a great quote from Mark Twain. We're talking about internal audit. Uh, relate the quote to this and tell me why is Mark Twain one of your favorites? Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked this quote because uh, I was reading a book called Roughing It from him. He traveled in the, into the American West in the 1860s. And some of these comments made in this book, uh, for example, about the effectiveness of Congress, I think they still resonate today. So I think fundamentals still matter. Uh, There's a lot of buzz around, but uh, some things still stay the same. And uh, on the second layer, I find that uh, numbers are today pretty easy to come by, but uh, the challenge is to interpret them in a way that everyone can agree on them. So if you look at for example, the unemployment rate. You know, depending on your position, you might see the number of, what is it, 6.5%, and mm-hmm. is it too high, is it too low? That's where we start to differ. And I think internal auditors are in a good position to facilitate this process, to uh, get meaning into the numbers and find a common ground to move forward in the company. Malte, let me ask you, when Mark Twain says, distort them as you please, I assume he's got a twinkle or he had a twinkle in his eye and a little bit of a laugh around the corners of his mouth when he said it. But as you said, internal auditors are in a position to do that. So do they need to have their facts straight to, to uh, 
shall we say, substantiate the quote-unquote distortion or the the use of the numbers to prove a certain point? What's the burden of proof on internal auditors for their numbers? Multi? It's, uh, we have to consider the stakeholders that we have on the table, um, our customers such as senior management and the board, and then dealing with our audit clients in the field. And we have to find, you know, we have our own observations that we did on our testing. And uh, these are the parties that we have to bring together and find the same understanding of, our, of the observations that we have from our audit project. Is the point to give them what they're looking for, to give them what internal audit knows to be the truth? I guess that's my real core question. Malte? Well, it's not about giving people what they're mm-hmm. looking for. It's uh, finding, finding common ground, you know, maybe going beyond what people are looking for and seeing, you know, how can we... How can we make these observations productive? Okay, thank you. Good start to our topic. Let's bring on our second panelist, Michael O'Leary, partner and the global internal audit leader at Ernst & Young LLP, sent me the following quote in his own words. Quote, keep growing every day as a person and a professional. Always recognize opportunities to learn and expand your horizons and be open to innovation. That sounds like a life lesson. Michael O'Leary, how are you today and welcome. Bonnie, I'm doing great. And before we get to my quote, I have to say it's a very small world because I smiled with the Mark Twain uh, quote from Multi. I actually grew up in a very small town in upstate New York where Mark Twain wrote uh, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and he's actually buried there. So a good Mark Twain quote to start the, uh, the show is always a positive thing here. I love it. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. Yes, and, and Mark Twain did have a way with words. The distort is just so colorful in terms of what we're talking about today. So give us what you're talking about, then you can reflect, if you'd like to, on Malta's selection of Mark Twain's quote. Go ahead, Michael. All right. Terrific. Well, my quote about just continuing to grow and really recognize the opportunities to keep learning, I think, is something that many of us start to appreciate the longer we're in our careers. Uh, with my career personally, I've spent uh, the vast majority of that in domestic business unit roles in the United States, mm-hmm. and I've been with my organization for about 19 years, and over the last six months, I've had a chance to take on a global role, and it's really been exciting just to see how much you can gain in terms of appreciation for different cultures, different business environments, and the fact that after a while, you might get stagnant or you have the risk of doing that. And when you get out and see the way things are done differently around the globe, the different issues that companies and people are facing, it's really pretty pretty powerful just to appreciate how important innovation is, flexibility, and continuing to grow and challenge the best way of doing things. So hopefully that's very much going to be consistent with what we talk about today during the show, particularly in internal audit. It's a very traditional area at most Mm -hmm. companies and one that may have a view as being quite uh, black and white in terms of its purpose and the parameters that it should operate in. And what we're actually seeing is that the need for internal audit to innovate in order to keep up with such a fluid business environment right now is incredibly important, both for the internal audit function, but more importantly for the companies and stakeholders. So hopefully we'll all focus on that growth and innovation and new opportunities to challenge how internal audit can be done and leverage technology. 
Thank you, Michael. And one quick question. The word distort. Do you think that um, the twain really meant it that way? Or was he, he thinking about playing with the numbers or using them for various purposes? What do you think his intention was? I think his intention was to point out that numbers can be manipulated mm-hmm. to tell a story that you would prefer uh, if you're able to be creative enough. So making sure that there's transparency and that one goes beyond just the numbers to really assess the situation is so critically important. And that's a big role that internal audit can play with companies. Thank you very much. And let's bring on our third panelist, Bruce Carpenter, SAP Corporate Audit Department. And Bruce has quoted Franz Kafka. I think this is the first time we've had in absentia, of course, Franz Kafka on the show. And here's the quote. There are some things one can only achieve by a deliberate leap in the opposite direction. Talking about distortion, Bruce Carpenter, welcome. How are you today? Hi, Bunny. It's great to be here. I'm really good. Thank you. Good. So talk to me. Interesting quote. And you sent me a whole biography on Kafka, which I appreciated very much. So let's talk about why you picked that quote and let's relate it to our topic today. Internal audit of the future is the best yet to come is the first I've mentioned the whole topic. So go ahead, Bruce. Okay. So Kafka was obviously observing some really interesting cultural tensions and challenges uh, in in his writing. And I think it's the same for technology today. Technology is advancing. It's able to accomplish much more complex tasks. But simultaneously, there's this drive for simplification. So what we're looking for is software tools that are easy to configure, yet they can handle really complex and robust tasks. So then if you shift the thinking to the use of mobile devices, and it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to compare because I think for me, I would say that I use mobile devices much more extensively in my personal life than I do in my professional life. You know, things like internet banking and organizing directions and restaurants and things like that. Sure. So I think there's this opportunity to extend the use of mobile devices and their use in our professional lives to drive efficiency and effectiveness and yet um, perform really robust tasks in a simple way. Bruce, how are we leaping in the opposite direction? Well, I think the, the traditional thought is that a technology implementation can be kind of complex, maybe labor-intensive, take a lot of time, involve a lot of um, training, and yet the use of mobile technology is completely the opposite. So it's the use of some, something that's regarded as being relatively simple and easy to access. And the opportunity here is to perform... to to use um, technology to perform really robust tasks in a really simple way. Mm -hmm. Well put, and that goes back to part of Michael O'Leary's quote a moment ago. He says, always recognize opportunities to learn and expand your horizons, and here's the kicker, be open to innovation, which is what you're mentioning. Bruce, I have to ask you, because Malta discussed it, and so did Michael, what do you think of Mark Twain's use of the phrase, then you can distort the facts as you please? Thoughts on that before we go ahead? Yeah, it's a a great question, and I was thinking about that while I was listening to the answers. I think from my perspective, you know, as an auditor, you go out and you get the facts as best you can. Some of them will be numeric, some of them will be behavioral. I think the opportunity for internal audit is to layer over the judgment and um, our experience over the behavioral factors and the numbers to help guide management or, or our other stakeholders in the right direction. 
Thank you, Bruce. And now I have a very tough question for my entire panel. We're going to go back to Multiglobic from Flint Group first. Malta, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking? Because you know that our show, Financial Excellence with Game Changers, is part of our umbrella series called Coffee Break with Game Changers, and I want to include you in that, of course. So what are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking right now while you're live on the radio, Malta? I'm having a cup of tea, actually, today, uh, because I came just back from China this weekend. I had a two-week trip over there to Mm. visit some of our operations that are located near Hong Kong. And it's a long time away, but the advantage of being uh, having some time there over the weekend uh, gives some opportunities to explore. So uh, I had the chance to visit a wholesale tea market in that town uh, where my local friends took me to do some tea tasting. And I didn't really, I have really no idea what I actually bought, so I don't speak <laughs> any uh, Cantonese, yes. but um, it's a nice cup of black tea. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you came back safe and sound. And I I love the idea that you can't, you don't know what it is, but it tastes good. That's the most important thing. Michael O'Leary, what's in your cup or what do you wish you were drinking? Or what are you dreaming about drinking, Michael? Well, I'll tell you what, Bonnie, I had a very early morning wake-up call for a flight like many of us are doing, uh, as Malte said, with our constant travels. So with that 4.30 a.m. wake-up call, I've already had my share of coffee. But if I'm feeling wild and crazy after the show, I may (laughs) hunt down a Starbucks and get a skinny mocha as an afternoon treat. Ooh, high test, loaded with a lot of caffeine, I have a feeling, right? Keep you awake long enough to finish the day? Would that be the idea? Exactly. I got it. Bruce Carpenter, what are you drinking today? Okay, so, Bonnie, today it's also like Malta, it's tea. Um, Its name is Samovar Moorish Mint. So there's a great boutique um, tea shop just around the corner from our house. And they taught me that, you know, if you're going to make a really good pot of tea, you're going to let the water just drop off the boil a little bit so it doesn't burn the leaves. So another interesting thing, I thought initially, oh, this is going to be really healthy. It's uh, not caffeinated. Well, not the, not, not the case. And so mm. this is a New Zealand accent. And um, there's a little play on words for the Kiwi guy here because the word Moorish spelt differently means you want more of something. And I guess that's what caffeine's all about. Okay, that's interesting. I I will tell all of you that I just bought a Keurig Mini in red because I just redid my kitchen in red. And I am only a a decaf drinker because I'm very sensitive to caffeine. And I discovered that that little bit, maybe 1% or 2% of caffeine in the decaf is still enough to get a real kick. So I even have to be careful with decaf. But I'm ready to tackle this great panel today. I'm delighted to have the three of you on here. We're talking to Multiglobig, the head of internal audit at Flint Group, Michael O'Leary, partner and global internal audit leader at Ernst & Young, Bruce Carpenter, SAP Corporate Audit Department. Our topic today, this applies to every company. We'll find out how much it applies to even the newcomers, the less mature, the startups who are also part of our startup focus with Game Changers on Thursday. I'll have my panelists share when we come back in the roundtable. Who should be paying attention to this? Is this for every size company all the way from the little through the SME, small to mid-size enterprise spectrum and 
all the way up to what I call the big behemoth enterprises. I have a feeling it applies to everyone. Our topic is internal audit of the future is the best yet to come. And referencing Malta's wonderful Mark Twain quote, are you distorting the numbers in the right direction? We'll find out from my panelists when we come back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. We are live. Today is Monday, March 24th, 2014. And I'm going to ask our engineer, Michael, Take us out. We'll be right back after the break with a 30-minute roundtable marathon. Michael, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now. Your business needs more than just compliant reports. Today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision-making to help companies to succeed. With SAP's Risk and Finance Solutions, you can provide the advisory that decision-makers are looking for. No matter what data source, no matter where you are, you can find the information you need to add value. Give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge. www.sap.com The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network welcome back to financial excellence with game changers presented by sap comments questions send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. Here we are in a very important topic of the day that affects, I believe, every company of any size and maturity anywhere in the world. Internal audit of the future is the best yet to come. We'll find out how to define the best and then when is it coming and what can you do about it. My panelists today are Multiglobig from the Flint Group, Michael O'Leary at ENY, that's Ernst & Young, and Bruce Carpenter at SAP. We're now entering the roundtable phase, 30-minute marathon, and I know my guests are primed and ready to go. So Multiglobic from Flint Group, let's kick off this party with a statement you sent me before the show. I think it's very provocative and telling. You say internal auditors must act like they were external service providers, develop a keen understanding of who their customers are and what is important to them. Okay, Malta, let's start. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like to spend just a minute on Franz Kafka, actually, if you uh, permit sure. me. Sure. Yes. I'm a huge fan. Uh, you may have guessed from my accent that I'm, I grew up in Germany, um, did a lot of reading of Franz Kafka in the original uh, because he wrote in German. And what 
uh, really resonated with me with Kafka was that he was saying very complicated things in extremely uncomplicated language. Uh, he had a way of expressing himself in a very clear, crystal clear language, but the things he is expressing in his books are quite the opposite. So that uh, is a very remarkable skill, in my opinion, to say complicated things in an easy way, easy to understand mm -hmm. way. Um, well, but leading over to my to my comment, actually, when when I took the when I uh, reflected on that quote during uh, our break, I thought the, the, the leap in the opposite direction to me is if I want to go forward, I have to look back. And uh, that means to me, is in, in my department, I have to understand the fundamentals. Uh, why do they want my department? Why do they pay my salary and that of my team? Mm -hmm. And if... If I'm saying uh, internal auditors should act like external service providers, I mean that we have to find, uh, we have to understand what value we are providing to the company so that, you know, they're paying for it. They could also pay external service provider, and they would only do that if they see a clear value to hiring someone externally. So internally, we have to provide the value too. And I think uh, if I look back to Kafka now, going back and looking at the fundamentals, what is the fundamental value that I'm providing to my company? Uh, once I understand that and can implement it, then I will be a valued person to the company as an internal auditor. Okay, Malta, tell me something. How do you know what your internal customers are looking for? Do you ask them? Is it all traditional? Is it something that's handed down from internal audit department to internal audit department? That, Or ha have we seen changes in innovations and, and in the quest to become a strategic value strategic advisor to the company? Is the role of IA changing? Just briefly, and then I'm going to ask Michael mm -hmm. O'Leary and Bruce Carpenter to chime in. So just give me a little more. Yes, to me, it's, it's mainly talking to my customers, to the board mm -hmm. and senior management, and understanding uh, the evolution of the company. Uh, in my case, the company is privately held. So these private owners that we currently have, they have certain expectations, and this is what I have to understand, that I couldn't act like I would in a listed company. So I have to understand uh, the position of the company in its own life cycle, and what the owner's expectations are for the company. Okay, Michael O'Leary, thoughts from your ENY vantage point, and, and does this apply to companies of all sizes? I want to get that into, Michael. Sure, I think it absolutely applies to virtually any organization, Bonnie. And when you think about the role of internal audit, probably the biggest challenge, but also the most exciting opportunity uh, and the most energizing aspect of internal audit is it has one of the most diverse stakeholder bases of virtually any role or function within a company. So everything from stakeholders at a functional level or individual business units or individual process areas all the way through executive management and ultimately the board of directors and or audit committee. So when you think about having the responsibility of trying to satisfy such a diverse group of stakeholders, that brings a lot of responsibility with it, but it also brings great opportunity to have such a unique vantage point within the company to see everything from the detailed transactional type activities, but also to take a step back, as Malta said, and start to play much more of a strategic advisory role to management.
So from my purview at EY, what we're seeing right now is internal audit at many organizations still has a lot of the traditional expectations placed upon them relative to being objective, providing assurance, looking at fundamental compliance or financial risk. But increasingly, internal audit departments are being asked to elevate their game and start to add more explicit value that links more directly with the company's strategy and not only the historical information, but equally importantly, stepping back and thinking through what are the emerging risk areas that go with the trends and the future plans of our business and how can we have a strategic place at the table so that management has full awareness of the risk, that Mm -hmm. they can monitor and mitigate those, and they can also make calculated decisions on the risk that should be taken based upon the business drivers. Thank you, Michael. Bruce Carpenter, thoughts on what we're talking about with Malta and with Michael so far, the the idea that internal audit has customers. So I like Malta's comment regarding the importance of talking. I think there's tremendous value in internal audit arriving as a relatively independent party. And the value of being able to move in a, a non-threatening way around the organization, talking to various members of management and other staff as appropriate to really understand what their experience is, because I think that's the key to understanding where the risks truly lie. Um, And I think the other thing that internal audit does is that it brings an an approach um, and a set of tools that can help it dig relatively deeply to find the real, what, what, what's the real, in inverted commas, truth. And uh, this, can, this can be very important. Sometimes I describe it as holding up a mirror and letting people look in it and decide whether they like what they see. Mm. That can be interesting. As they say, I'm going to reference a very old saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. How does that relate to Bruce? <laughs> well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people think that it's beautiful, but when they actually look in the mirror, uh, I think they maybe take a second look at what's going on and see some opportunities for improvement. Okay, thank you. I want to turn to Michael O'Leary at EY and talk about one of the notes you sent me before the show. I want to keep this going in in a variety of directions so we give our listeners a a broad brush at this topic, a broad brush view. Uh, Michael, you mentioned three key principles for the effectiveness of audit delivery, and very simply you broke it down to people, process, and technology. Can you take us through that from the perspective, Michael, of let's say uh, what would a small company do right from the get-go? How do they put these in place and then reference it up the food chain, if you will, to how do bigger companies get their act together if they haven't already from the internal audit department side? Go ahead, Michael. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. I think it really always starts with the people. So making sure that you have the right skill sets, the right talent, and of course the cultural and sector and geographic fit for uh, the specifics of the individual company. And that's really a challenge for internal audit, as we talked about, because with companies uh, fluidly changing, with the risk environment continuing to get more complex, let's take something like cybersecurity, when we step back and say, my goodness, how much uh, has that grown increasingly complex just in the last few years from maybe where that was three or four years ago, it can be a real challenge to make sure that an internal audit function has the right people uh, both for the company's historical strategy, but also for the emerging risks that lie ahead. 
So that's very, very important for any organization. And, of course, the way that is structured will vary greatly based upon if a company is domiciled just locally, if it has a global footprint, really a whole host of factors. Process, of course, is very important, and I think that has a direct link to strategy. And that's probably been one of the biggest improvements that I've seen across many of the more progressive internal audit functions of different size over the last few years is the fact that uh, oftentimes in the past, internal audit didn't necessarily have a strategy that was as well thought out as a business unit might perhaps. They viewed their role as providing a fiduciary duty, monitoring risk, doing some testing. And now the more proactive functions actually have a strategy that ideally aligns very much with the overall company strategy and reflects how can internal audit be an objective business partner as the company is looking to progress and achieve all of their business imperatives. So then finally we come to technology, and clearly that's a big part of the show today. Mm-hmm. What we are finding is technology is playing an incredibly important role in virtually all aspects of internal audit functions. As we shared earlier, many functions Uh, I would dare say virtually all functions still are tasked with completing those traditional activities around financial or compliance controls oftentimes, and we very rarely see executive suites or boards that are not still expecting that, Mm -hmm. but increasingly they're expecting that to be done as the table scraps and the baseline. They're looking for that to be done much more strategically, much more efficiently, and with lower cost. And in turn, they're expecting internal audit to elevate their game and start to play a more strategic role and more of these emerging risk areas that we alluded to. So in order to do both of those things, both drive efficiencies with the traditional work, but then also start to go upstream in more complex areas, it's virtually imperative that internal audit functions are getting much more progressive with how they use technology, the sophistication of the technology they use. And Bruce, as you said earlier, uh, I think the opportunity to simplify the technology that internal audit uses so the focus is on value versus overly complex implementations or distractions, particularly with innovative areas like handheld devices being uh, very, very innovative for internal audit, the opportunities are endless. But if you look now at the percentage of spend that most internal audit functions dedicate to technology, we're clearly seeing an upward trend. And I think that's very positive because for internal audit to reap the value that they're looking to provide all their stakeholders, technology will play such an important role. Thank you, Michael. Great, great uh, introduction to those three points. Appreciate that. Multiglobig and Bruce Carpenter, who wants to chime in and, and expand on anything that Michael said? I know you both have thoughts. So either one? Well, I guess this is Bruce. And I guess what I would say um, is that in, in relationship to people, I think it's been really interesting to look at the development of staff rotation programs in internal audit and to look at programs which aim to bring in people from the business uh, with experience in different subject areas to the business to be able to help provide expertise and to broaden the breadth of the existing talent within internal audit. I think for me, with regard to process and strategy, I think it's been interesting to watch the alignment or the realignment 
um, of internal audit uh, with the risk assessment of the organisation and the move away from what I, what I like to refer to as shiny penny auditing, you know, the stuff where you're auditing the things that you see or are obvious because they're there, mm-hmm. um, to things that, that are going to much more um, meaningfully contribute to the strategy and uh, the, the goals of the, of the organisation overall. And I think with regard to technology, for me, um, it's, the, it's the growth in the move towards continuous monitoring and data analytics, um, which can then be used as the baseline to overlay uh, human behavioural factors and, and provide some really deep and meaningful analysis to management. Thank you, Bruce. Malta Globig, before I move on to one of Bruce Carpenter's talking points, any thoughts on the three that's a PPT, the people, the process, and technology, Malta, from the perspective of your experience at Flint or anywhere else in your career? Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would agree to that, but flip the piece. I would, I would put always the process first. Uh, my mm. experience, uh, the quality is really in the process. Uh, I can have excellent people, but if the process is bad, uh, they, will, they will not be delivering. So making sure the process is good, uh, to me, always comes first. And if the process is good, even if I might have some people that are not top-notch, um, they will still do a good job because the process is designed well. Uh, regarding people, I think people... The interest in auditors to transition out of internal audit roles into other roles in the organization, to me, is one of the key metrics to tell me if I'm successful, because if the organization uh, sees the internal auditors and thinks, hey, they're great people, I want them in my team, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's as good as it gets to, you know, Mm -hmm. have have, uh, encouragement that internal audit provides value. You know, if the organization steals my people away. <laughs> That's an interesting point of view. Very interesting. Um, thank you, Malta. I want to move this in a slightly different direction. I know Bruce Carpenter has a favorite topic when it comes to IA. He wants IA. He wants to talk about mobile devices. Let me read a couple of talking points, and then, Bruce, I want you to run with this, and we'll have Michael and Malta come in as well. You say we're all accustomed, as you mentioned in the beginning, we're all accustomed to wandering around with a plethora of mobile devices, including tablets and phones. And then you say, why not manage audits the same way we do our personal banking. Uh, give the auditors a lightweight, easy-to-use audit management tool that facilitates remote and offline capabilities, yet provides a robust framework to meet professional practice and requirements. Now, Bruce, I'd like you to cover how you feel this would improve professionalism, easy evidence capture, instant data availability, improve the work paper management, and the last one, I love your talking point, this is fun to use. Do you mean that auditors are allowed to have fun, Bruce Carpenter? Seriously? Totally, Bonnie. Totally. And I'm going to start with that one. Because I think, okay. you know, it's, it's very, very important that whatever technology you make a decision to use associated with, uh, with, with internal audit, as with anything, I guess, it's really critical that it's something that people are going to want to approach easily. And, uh, you know, we've all really grown accustomed to our mobile devices and really enjoy using them. So the concept of taking that enjoyment into the workplace and providing auditors with a mobile-enabled tool, I think is particularly uh, important. So associated with that, you know, we, ha- we all have global careers, 
and audit teams are located anywhere internationally on the globe for many and most companies. And so the idea of having uh, mobile-enabled tools is going to greatly improve the quality of data capture. Imagine mm-hmm. being able to go into an interview uh, and somebody produces a document. You can lift up the iPad, take a photo of it, and you can capture and file that document immediately. I also think that carrying an iPad into an interview or some kind of review meeting is a lot less intrusive than sitting down behind a laptop. So I think, in general, this type of thing improves the professionalism of, um, of the approach and, and will help audit, um, will, will demonstrate to our stakeholders that we really want to use technology effectively. And I think um, the ability to work um, in a mobile-enabled environment is really going to improve the availability of data. Work papers can be quickly and easily filed instead of sitting on somebody's hard drive, and that way they can be available for review and comment by managers much more easily. I think there's a lot to offer here. I appreciate that. I want to hear, uh, let's go back to Michael O'Leary at EY. Michael, do you agree with Bruce Carpenter that it's okay to have fun when you're working in internal audit or when you're well, out in the well, field I or sure both? I hope so, Bonnie. I've been doing it for 19 <laughs> years, so hopefully we're having a little fun along the way. I but hope so. But I actually passionately agree with what Bruce is saying around mobile technology really being the leading frontier of where proactive and value-add audit functions will go particularly when you think about the power of combining mobile technology with some of the advanced data analytic and continuous monitoring platforms, it will have a dramatic impact on efficiency, which is always important to companies. But I think beyond that, there's increasingly more and more pressure to have greater speed when it comes to observations, pointing out issues to management, And the use of this technology is really going to cut dramatically down on the amount of turnaround time that traditionally may have been in place, where historically an audit may have been completed in the field in June, Mm -hmm. and management may not have seen those ultimate findings and reports until August. So the notion of speed, of being agile, and I think also tying this to people, when you look at the auditors that are coming out of university now, they're really expecting this type of technology. That's what they've grown up with, and that's what they know. So to keep our people interested and develop the new professionals, it's going to be imperative that we get innovative and link the technology that they're used to in their personal lives with how they interface professionally. Thank you, Michael. Malta from Flint Print Group, talk to me. I know you uh, have something to say about all of the points, the fun and the speed and the professionalism. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, why would I not have fun? I mean, I do this for a living. And uh, I think someone once said, you know, if you do, uh, if you enjoy what you do in your job, you're never working for the rest of your life, right? That's right. (laughs) So uh, I think if I would show up with an iPad in my audit, uh, I would probably have lots of job applications uh, from people in the company just because they want one too. but I, I agree about technology uh, in the end, uh, even if I'm completely out of ideas and do next year exactly the same I do this year, 
uh, I will be fine if I do it a little bit cheaper and a little bit faster. And technology is really what gets me there. So I think there's, um, it, is, it will be extremely difficult to make any significant progress uh, in internal audit without really implementing technology and finding a good way to support the processes with technology. Thank you, Malta. Uh, we have about seven minutes left till we go to our break before the crystal ball predictions rounds. I just want to give my panel a heads up. But Malta Globig at the Flint Group, I want to cover one more talking point from you and have the rest of the panel chime in on this. You say, and, and this is important to our conversation today about the future of internal audit is the best indeed yet to come. I, th I think your concern, I'm going to voice in a second, is addressing that. You say, there's still a big gap in the way some internal audit thought leaders see the profession evolve and what happens on the ground. So we're seeing a disparity, you're saying, is where is it going, where is the evolution, and what's the reality, what's happening right now. So Malta, why don't you open this part of the discussion, and then I'd like to hear from Michael O'Leary and Bruce Carpenter as well. Are you optimistic? And we don't do your predictions yet, just let's talk about today. Mm -hmm. Optimistic, pessimistic, you have concerns? Go ahead, Malta. Yeah, um, if I look uh, back at technology, uh, we're talking here about using iPads, data capture, it's all good. But, uh, you know, something, uh, my laptop that I have, company-issued laptop, uh, I'm still running Office 2003. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was simply a decision um, by the company because we saw that uh, if we're upgrading to the most recent Office, uh, we're really not gaining uh, any features that anyone needs in the company, but we're paying a lot of money. So here we are with Office 2003. Uh, so that's why I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's still a big gap. At one time, we're talking here about using iPads and improving data capture, and on the other side, uh, in the companies, uh, there's still other software out there, uh, you know, kind of from 10 years ago. And... That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. Uh, it just shows that what the internal audit stakeholders want um, might uh, not be an iPad right away. It's, it's more that some stakeholders just want the internal auditors to go around the company uh, with worldwide operations, go all the way uh, into the most far away corner and have Man, uh, local management and interviews and look them straight in the eye and ask a couple of tough questions. That might be something sometimes uh, what is actually desired by some stakeholders. So there's Thank a very you. wide range. Good, good. Good to know. And by the way, is it generational? Is it something, uh, the perspective of who wants to keep their investment in legacy software, if you will? Does this come from perhaps older, quote-unquote, management has been around a long time and says, for God's sake, we paid so much, let's keep using it? Would you see a push for newer, more innovative, maybe leaner and meaner software at whatever expense from newcomers into that internal audit workforce? Malta, just quickly before I bring Michael and Bruce in. Yeah, I, w I always start with the process, as I mentioned before. If I have a strong mm -hmm. process, uh, that will get get me a long way. And if if I find technology that supports this process, makes it even better. That's great. But uh, never never stop looking at the process, and then and start with technology. Good points. Michael O'Leary, I know you have something to say, and if you could address my question about who the people are in the function or in the C-suite who might have a POV, a point of view on this in terms of freshening up the innovation, what do you see? 
You know, I see a lot of opportunity, Bonnie. So overall, I would say I'm quite optimistic when you think about where internal audit is heading in the future of the function and the profession. The biggest barrier is making sure that internal audit has the sponsorship and support from the right stakeholders. Oftentimes that comes from the C-suite in the form of CEO, CFO, general counsel, various, various areas, and then, of course, from the board of directors and or audit committee. If we don't have that alignment, moving things forward progressively clearly becomes difficult. So as an internal auditor, one of the key challenges is to make sure you're developing the right relationships and really going full circle back to one of your first questions, uh, it's about making sure that internal audit is always very explicitly demonstrating the value they can bring to the table in terms Mm -hmm. of fresh ideas and unique perspectives, leading practices, and then, of course, that objective assurance as well. So it's so important that that value and focus on stakeholder relationships is there. And without that, it's going to be very challenging for internal audit to continue to do some of these innovative initiatives like we've been talking about with technology and creating more exciting career opportunities for people, all of the things that progressive leaders are looking to do. Progressive leaders, I think that's that's what we're focusing on today. And Bruce Carpenter, oh, we got about two and a half minutes left till break. Why don't you use that time and your perspective on the difference between how some leaders see the profession evolving and the reality check of what's happening, quote unquote, on the ground in Malti's words. Go ahead, Bruce. Okay, so Bonnie, for me, this is a daily challenge. I think what we need to do is we need to look and say, you know, where's the innovation in this particular audit? What would it take for us to really make a difference as we, as we move forward here. And I think that armed with those two questions, as, as um, Michael said, leaders need to be progressive, and progressive need, leaders need to constantly be driving their teams and looking for opportunities to move and raise the game. And I think in terms of things like mobile audit enablement, I think these are real opportunities ahead of us where we can see that there's almost like a green playing field for us to make progress. I think the other area of opportunity is in the increasing sophistication of databases and the ability of databases to become, um, to be able to search and store uh, both structured and unstructured data. And the wisdom that internal audit can get from looking at that particular type of analysis can certainly raise the game of the work that we're doing today. Thank you, Bruce, very much. You took us right up to our break point. I'm speaking today with Malta Globig at the Flint Group, Michael O'Leary at EY, Ernst & Young, Bruce Carpenter at SAP. Our topic is internal audit of the future is the best yet to come. We've had a great conversation, but there's more. When we come back after the break, we go into the crystal ball predictions round. I will ask Malta and Michael and Bruce in that order to spend about two minutes each telling me their top, let's let's be specific here, the user number, your numbers 
those guys. Let's do your top three predictions. I'm giving you 90 seconds to come up with those for where will the future come in by 2019? Will we have seen that future we're talking about today? What will have been accomplished in your point of view? So we'll be right back with more. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Financial Excellence with Game Changers presented by SAP. Michael, take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now. Your business needs more than just compliant reports. Today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision-making to help companies to succeed. With SAP's risk and finance solutions, you can provide the advisory that decision-makers are looking for. No matter what data source, no matter where you are, you can find the information you need to add value. Give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge. www.sap.com The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network welcome back to financial excellence with game changers presented by sap comments questions send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. Here we are, and that's exactly what we're exploring today. Financial excellence with Game Changers with my panel, Malta Globig from Flint Group, Michael J. O'Leary. We got the initial in there, EY, Bruce Carpenter at SAP. We're talking about internal audit. Let's fast forward five years ahead from today, Malta Globig. If we looked ahead five years from today, what do you think will be different in terms of the evolution of internal audit? Will the best have come, or will it still be a work in progress? Two minutes, go. All of the above, Bonnie. Uh, I think if the be- if I would think the best would not be yet to come, I think I could just go home and, and retire and do something else. I think we will see progress, and as the rest of the world, uh, things will accelerate. Uh, we will be internal auditors will be will have to be more nimble to understand what risks are emerging and, and find uh, good data to comment on them, highlight what can be done. Uh, I think at the same time, the more changes, the more stays the same. Uh, we, we must never forget uh, who our customers are, have to have uh, a strong understanding of the process. And then uh, once we know what we want to do and who we serve, uh, then we have to execute. Uh, technology will be instrumental to get that done because it's, I think it's the only way to keep up with the acceleration of everything that happens around us. 
Okay, thank you very much. And let's turn to Michael J. O'Leary at EY. Sorry we didn't have your middle initial in sooner in the show, Michael. So what do you see five years from today, 2019, if we all met again? And I hope we will. It not, we don't have to wait that long, of course. What do you think will have happened knowing what you know? Well, there will always be opportunities for improvement. So I don't think we will have solved everything in five years. But there's really three main trends, Bonnie, that I would expect for us to see at many internal audit functions. The first one is better alignment globally of how internal audit needs to operate uniquely based upon where a company is doing business. So the days of taking a one-size-fits-all approach and taking a standard audit program without the use of much technology and going and doing an audit in China the way you would do one in Iowa, the way you would do one in Western Europe, uh, I think will quickly be behind us. So staying very nimble as we become much more of a global marketplace for virtually all sectors and businesses will be critical. The second will be this whole notion of strategy and having much more explicit alignment with the strategic drivers of the company and then making sure that as an internal audit executive, you can very specifically explain how does your audit plan and your audit investments ultimately correlate to the risks that matter most and the key fundamental business strategies that your company is trying to achieve. Because in many cases right now, we're just not there yet, where there might be an internal audit plan and there may be some informal alignment, uh, but oftentimes the right risks don't always get addressed as explicitly as they could be in the current environment. And then the final area, and this is what we touched on earlier, is this notion of data, and that will be so prominent with the overall strategy of internal audit functions to harness in the power of data analytic solutions that continue to emerge, the use of continuous control monitoring, and really being much more of an explicit party to the company when you think about lines of defense and the ability to very, very quickly and rapidly identify risk before oftentimes they actually come to fruition versus the current environment, which in some cases is still more static and historical in perspective. So a lot of exciting things on the horizon. I like that. Glad to hear that. And Bruce Carpenter, we saved a couple minutes for you for, at SAP. Talk to me. What do you see five years from today? Evolution, revolution, stagnation, excitement, fun? What's coming? Well, definitely excitement and fun, Bonnie. But uh, <laughs> along with that, I think you know increased movement um, for, in terms of the internal audit role from being policeman to being trusted advisor. And um, I think the auditor is increasingly going to become a collaborator in business progress. And that evolution is already starting to happen. There are companies that are moving away from measuring their result by the volume and number of audit reports that are received. Uh, you know, as Michael was speaking about the importance of the contribution to the overall strategy of the organization and the ability of the internal audit function to provide really high quality advice to management. And I think the movement, uh, as we talked about before, um, to more companies using staff rotation programs to bring in a variety of skills is part of that trend. And I think also we also have to re reinvent, if you like, um, the, the question of the auditor's assurance role. Um, in, the, in the past, 
I think, you know, you could think about an auditor's role as being to put up some no parking signs on the basis that, you know, if you put up a good no parking sign, 95% of people won't park there. But also you need a combination of those and the tow trucks to throw away the... Uh, <laughs> the people that, 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 that ignore the no parking signs. And I think in the future, what we're going to see is increasing use of really, really effective data analytics so that audit sampling will become a thing of the past and we can have continuing, continuous monitoring so that we'll instantly identify uh, any exceptions. Thank you, Bruce. I, you know what? We have time for a bonus question, but we have to keep it really tight. I'll give you each 30 seconds tops to answer me. It could be a one-word answer. Five years from today, who will be the perfect person to be either on their way up to the top of the internal audit function as a leader or the up-and-coming person in the function who is going to inherit the mantle five years after that? So anyway, on the way, heir apparent or, or in the hot seat? Uh, let's start off with Multiglobig. Who will that person be? Just give me their their gender, their age, their generation, uh, their training, just quickly. 30 seconds, go. It will be someone that can is highly analytical and can translate this understanding into a very clear and uh, hard-hitting sentences that everyone can, can uh, gather around and, and Thank you. come to action. Good. Michael O'Leary, talk to me. Who will be? I think it's going to be a 36-year-old female who's strategic and analytical, Bonnie. <laughs> okay, put the job description out there. Bruce Carpenter, SAP, who do you think will be inheriting the mantle or on their way? Go ahead. So, Bonnie, no age or gender from me, but somebody who's a really good listener, who's creative and energetic, and above all, a very effective communicator to management and to other stakeholders. And takes good care of their iPad when they're going out for audit visits. I appreciate that. Thank you, Bruce. Guess what? I have one minute to close the show, and I can make it really easy because I wrote it down. Tomorrow, HR Trends with Game Changers returns. We said bye-bye to BizBuzz with Game Changers last week, and HR Trends is returning. I'll be interviewing three millennials, one in Belgium, one in South Africa, and one in the U.S., about what they expect in the workforce. That might be tangential to our conversation here today, gentlemen. That's Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific Wednesday, of course, it's Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific. Thursday morning, it gets earlier. Future of Business with Game Changers, Thursday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Wake up early. Thursday afternoon, Startup Focus with Game Changers. That's Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific. That's my late day. And next Monday, we'll be back here, right here at 10 a.m. Pacific with another episode of Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Thank you to Multiglobig at the Flint Group, Michael J. O'Leary at EY, EY, and Bruce Carpenter at SAP. Thank you to Aaron Hughes, Chris Grundy, Birgit Starman's, Malcolm Kimberlin, Brad, and Michael at the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow in HR Trends. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.